Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to my friends listening across this wonderful country we live in. Even in places where it's not 90 degrees in the second week of October. What the heck is up with this weather? Welcome to Datitude, episode number seven for a Friday, October the 8th, 2021. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the New Orleans Advocate. The Times-Picayune and Bet.Nola.com. If you haven't checked out Bet.Nola.com, we suggest that you do. A lot of good stuff in there. Looks like uh, we've already got our first sports book in Louisiana open. And I know that it's coming to Harris very soon. We have been there. We have visited that. It is going to be an exciting thing on the podcast today. It's going to be a great one. In fact, I'm not going to spend a lot of time chit-chatting. Because we have Mike Haas, voice of the New Orleans Saints, coming on in just about five minutes or so. And he spent about 45 minutes with us. It was a great segment. Uh, it talks about uh, what it's like to be the voice of the Saints, just four regular season games in. Uh, talks about how Jim Henderson has helped him. Zach Streif, I was surprised to find out. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised to find out because Zach is a wonderful dude. Um, Zach Streif has helped him out a lot in the early stages of, of this gig, uh, as him as the voice of the Saints. We talk about what he sees for the future of this team, the immediate future. And in the three big questions segment, we ask him, is this a playoff team and is this week a must win? Um, we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, I want to give my take uh, on where we are this weekend very quickly. Um, I think, and I'm not going to give any spoiler alerts. We'll hear what Mike has to say, but I think it's a must win. And I'll say it again in the pick segment when we get to Dave DeCorbier. Conductor Dave, we're going to call him Conductor Dave now. You know, we've gone through a couple of names, D Squared, Choo Choo, but I think Conductor Dave fits in. We've got a new intro for him. That's coming up in about 50 minutes or so. Uh, you'll appreciate that segment. Conductor Dave is uh, two games, we'll see, yeah, two games behind me right now in the pick segment as we go into week three of our picks, week five of the NFL season. We'll tell you what we think, and he'll tell you uh, whose uniform he likes best out of the picks that we have this week. Um, and it's an interesting segment because, you know, he likes the color red, but the game that we pick... One of the games we picked, they're both wearing red, but somehow he likes one red color scheme over another. Whatever. Hey, he's he's six and six. It's it's better than a lot of us, right? I mean, my big bucks picks on uh, on the show that we have every Thursday at the book have been awful, but then my picks against James Carville have been outstanding. And someone on this podcast has jumped ahead of James Carville. There's a lead there. Not that I'm bragging. Because my, some of my other picks think so bad, I really don't have room to brag. It's going to be a, a great show. Um, yep, I think the Saints are in a must-win position this week against the Washington football team. Uh, if they want to make the playoffs, they cannot afford to go to 2-3. and three. 
with the schedule that they have coming up and how good I think the teams in the NFC West are. And, you know, you go to two and three, to me, you're almost writing off the division, right? I mean, realistically. I know it's week five, and some of you are screaming. Some of you uh, guys riding the magic carpet are saying, no way, man. First off, they're not losing this week. Second off, if somehow some miracle of fate helped the football team and they did lose, there's no way this season is over. Okay, well, the realist in the world will differ with you because of two and three, they're not going to catch, they're not going to beat Tampa Bay in the division. And the NFC West is so good, there's a ch- very good chance that two wildcard teams come out of that division. Although we saw last night the Seattle Seahawks lose to the Rams, so now they're two and three, and their backs are up against the wall. They're in a similar boat to what the Saints will be in if, if they lose. We'll get to my pick later in the, in the segment. Although if you've read my NFL picks column, which is on bet.nola.com, it's also on nola.com in, in the Saints section, um, you'll see what I picked, but we'll get to that. You can reach me at email jderry at theadvocate.com or on Twitter at Jim Derry Jr. If you would like to be a part of this show, send a comment um, or a tweet, and I think I'm going to move this show to Mondays and Fridays instead of Tuesdays and Fridays. I see that uh, a lot of people, you know, they want to they want to see all they they want to take in all they can take after a Saints game, and I think we're better served to be on a Monday than a Tuesday. We had a special Monday edition this week with Jeff Duncan, and then we talked to Doug Mouton. If you want to go back and you can listen to any of those on demand, anywhere you get your podcast uh, here on bet.nola.com, but you can get the on-demand broadcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, just search for Datitude. Uh, make sure to subscribe, and you can go back and listen to any of the episodes that we've done. This is episode number seven. We started with Stan Verrett a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm really pleased with the response that I've gotten, and I'm really pleased with the guests that I've been able to bring on. It's been a lot of fun so far, and um, these guys uh, all coming on and helping me, helping us make this podcast legit. I don't want to say me, because the people at NOLA.com have been outstanding uh, helping us uh, promote this thing. I want to give a shout out to Caesar Sportsbook, who is an exclusive partner with the, us at The Advocate, the Times Bikini, and bet.nola.com. And uh, I've said this a few times, exciting things coming with the sportsbook, and it's coming real soon. So make sure you check back with us on that. The videos on bet.nola.com. We've got the odds and ends on, on Mondays with Zach Ewing and myself. Zach Ewing is the sports betting director here at nola.com. And uh, he, we are on together. Devin Jackson joined us this past Monday. I think he's going to be coming on Mondays. Uh, for the most part, going forward. The Fantasy Roundup with Zach and Spencer, the guru, Urquhart, on Tuesdays. And the At the Book, which comes out on Thursday afternoons, featuring Cashing In with Carville, Zach, Devin, and myself. Uh, we go over uh, the horrible picks that I made, the great picks that Devin Jackson made, and the so-so mediocre picks that Zach Ewing made. And, hey, look, I'd, I'd beg to be mediocre in, in big bucks right now, so I cannot say anything about that. Um, I'm just... Picking the wrong ones for big bucks. Uh, I'm over 500 three weeks in a row in my NFL picks column, three out of four weeks. Uh, the first week I was seven, eight, and one. So it's been a mixed bag. But for the big bucks segment, I just completely, it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's like Aldrich Rosas about to make a kick. I think that's what I feel like when I'm picking my big bucks picks. 
because they're going wide left. I'm kicking them long enough. I'm just, I'm just kicking them wide left. So we really put a lot of effort into these picks this week. I picked, uh, I went through, and I, I probably spent like, I had already made all my picks, and I probably went about 45 more minutes like looking through. We're going to get these right this week. By gosh. Coming up later, uh, after uh, Dave, Conductor Dave is on, we're going to have a very quick, let's get personal segment and wrap up the show and tell you who's coming on Monday show. And we got two very good guests again coming on Monday. So it's been a great start to Datitude. Episode 8 will be good as well. Let's get to Mike Haas. The voice of the New Orleans Saints um, was just honored that he was glad, uh, you know, agreed to come on. Very candid about what, um, you know, after he talks about what it's like to be the voice, because I'm super jealous. I mean, I, for those of you that don't know, I also do uh, broadcasting. I do play-by-play for Varsity Sports Now. And um, I've been broadcasting high school games for about, I think this is my eighth season of broadcasting. Um, seventh or eighth. I have to go back and look. But, uh, you know, doing high school games, which, don't get me wrong, I love doing it. It is exciting. These kids really get it. You know, I've always, throughout my career, and I've said it, I've enjoyed covering high school sports much more than I've enjoyed covering the professional and college ranks um, when you get close to it because the kids, they care. They pour their heart and souls into it. And sometimes professionals, I'm not saying they don't care, they certainly care, but, you know, it's almost like sometimes the media were the bane of people's existence, and I'm sure maybe you feel that way sometimes in other facets of life, whether it be sports or news or whatever. But uh, Mike was, was great with us. He spent about 45 minutes, and we're going to get to a segment and chat a little bit about it when we're done. Here's Mike Hoss. We welcome into the Datitude Podcast, the voice of the New Orleans Saints, Mike Hoss. Who also hosts the weekly Saints Coaches Show on WWLAM and is president and owner of Haas Communications. Mike, uh, we really thank you for joining us here on the Datitude Podcast. No problem, but you forgot one job. I'm also the communications director for the Superdome. So how do you juggle all plate. that? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I don't. Quite <laughs> frankly, the the Haas Communications video production is uh, kind of sitting in the back seat right now because I got plenty plenty to do with with this Saints gig and radio gig, and it's been awesome. I bet it is. Uh, you know, first off, I have to let you know that um, I'm a little jealous. Uh, I, I, I do a little play-by-play on the side as well and uh, on a much smaller scale. And to me, you have the second-best job in America only to Pat Hughes, who is the voice of the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> well, certainly he's got a lot more games uh, to, to deal with, 17-plus uh, uh, the, the two preseason games. But, yeah, it's a – Believe me, uh, it's it's an honor. There's only 32 of them in the United States. They're like judge ships; they never leave. Uh, and so it's it, it's it's only been a few games, but it's been a blast. Well, that's uh, what I, you led right into what I wanted to start with. And you know, it's only been a couple months for you, but um, four regular season games. What is it like? What has it been for you? Has it been what you expected to be the voice of the New Orleans Saints thus far? Well, we've only won home game, so that's the most difficult part of it for me is that every week is a new booth. Everything for me is always a first. First in Jacksonville, first in Carolina, first in Boston, and really the, the game that we had 
here with the Giants was really the first regular season game. And now we're back on the road, first in Landover, first in Seattle. So it's been difficult to find some consistency and continuity because every week is a different angle, different viewpoint. So that part has been difficult. The flip side of that, Deuce McAllister, Robert Carroll, who's the engineer, and the stats and the spotters have been unbelievable. Without them, I'm I'm not sure uh, where we've been. So it's been it's been about what I expected. I just would have I would have liked more games like Sunday with the crowd, not the outcome, but more more games here to to kind of get going. Well, I what what do you what have you taken so far? Do you, how how do you how do you prepare? What is your normal week when you do preparation for a game? It's you start Sunday evening. It depends. We've been on the road so much. We're usually flying early Monday morning. First thing you do, I do a combination of, of, of technology and online and apps. And then just some hard copy is the first thing I do is start learning and memorizing skill position players, offense and defense for the opposing team. Washington's wide receivers, running backs, all their defensive, and then watch their games. NFL Game Pass. I feel so bad for the play-by-play people who came pre-NFL Game Pass because I can watch a condensed game every play in 38 minutes. I can watch the offense and I can watch the defense. And so you just watch the first part of the week is all about learning the team, learning who, you know, if there's any new Saints, But learn the players on the opposing team. I used to do it backwards. I would always work on how many games that guy had played, what were his stats and all this stuff. And I learned who really cares about his stats if you don't know his position, his number, and his name. So that's – and then towards the end of the week, you really start formulating the roster because the Saints this year – it's not been so bad in the last few weeks. We're adding five guys – to the roster, taking five and putting them on practice, elevating two from the practice to the active, making six inactive. I, I, my head was spinning. I was begging Mickey, like, please slow down, <laughs> slow down. And, so, and really, they have. They've kind of, they've kind of gotten into into a, a routine as far as practice players. And they did sign a couple this week when you know, signed a kicker. But it's really just kind of a. If you almost think of it, I was, in fact, I was talking to Jim Henderson yesterday. And think of it as it's like a game week in the team, and it's what you do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and then by the, by the time you're getting to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you're kind of putting it all, all into the bucket. You've done your research on the front end, and now you're working, worried about execution uh, and what's going to be in the bucket come Sunday. You know, you talk about Jim Henderson, and, uh, you know, I know that when he stepped down from this position, I know it was something that you wanted to to do uh, and, and and applied for, and then uh, eventually, when Zach applied, you I read an interview. You know, you said that Zach was the best candidate, and they sh- they should hire him. How tough was that for you then? And um, how much have you leaned on Jim Henderson coming into this gig? Uh, it was it was tough in 2017, but it wasn't. You know, I kind of saw the writing on the wall when Zach threw his name in, and I was I told. Diane Newman at the radio station. I'd, I'd hire Zach. He brings the most to the table. He induced would be a unique combination that nobody's really done. And so with two, you know, really recent players, but so sure, certainly it was disappointing, but I did what I could do. 
right? And so I, you, I thought I'd never get, never get another bite at the apple. And so I was, you know, just enormously fortunate that Zach crazily wanted to go work 15-hour days uh, back at Saints camp and, and got another opportunity. And so with Jim, I, I talked a lot on the front end, and then I just kind of wanted to get some games under my belt before I just pelted him with a thousand questions. So I, I did. I, I, I worked some games, worked through some things on my own before I kind of talked it through with them, which I did this week. And he was enormously helpful. Zach has been enormously helpful with what he did and the technology. Because what, what Zach did in the booth and what Jim did in the booth could not be farther apart as to how they do it. It's really? research how, how and knowing that? the players. Zach's all technology. Zach's iPads and AirPlay and Apple TVs and big monitors and you're, you're writing on an, on an iPad and it comes up on this iPad. Jim is red and green, sharpie, little teeny writing <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a pad. So same result, just different approach. So I've kind of combined the two. And so they've, they've been enormously helpful. There's a guy in Baltimore, Jerry Sandusky, yes. who's the play-by-play for the Ravens. And he has been enormously helpful because he and Zach have created, if you will, a, a an electronic, a, a, a digital flip chart, as opposed to, you know, the things that we get every week right. at Saints games, you know, this is your flip chart. Right. They've created it. They've created their own app uh, digitally. So it takes a lot of, instead of having to recreate the wheel every week, it takes a lot of that legwork out. So it's been very, very helpful, but there's, you still, you got to have some of that. What I've learned and what I was talking to Jim about is you still need some of that old school, you know, cards where you're just names. So the spotter can go, you know, so right. as much technology as there is, there's still some old school part of it. Jim Derry here with Mike Haas on the Datitude podcast. And this is audio only, Mike. So uh, for people that are listening, Mike is holding. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Mike, Mike is holding. You didn't know, you didn't know that. I'm holding up stuff and people are, what is he doing? Mike is holding up these flip cards that, that he, the press gets at the, at every saints game. And it's got uh, the depth chart and the positions on it. And it's probably, Oh, I don't know. It's uh, maybe, maybe 18 by, by. No, it's it's more like 11, 12 by 14, smaller than that. I've, I've made some bigger. That's the big, that's kind of the biggest adjustment that you have to make at least in our booth, is I wear glasses, just reading glasses. So I have yeah. contacts, so it's binoculars, trying to figure out the play from a spotter, then taking the, putting the glasses down, glasses on I'm the, the read. I mean, it is like, you know, it's a comedy of error. So that's what I mean when I say, I wish I could have more games here where I could start really working uh, on a routine and between binoculars and, and regular vision and stuff like that. It's, it's comical, I'm sure, to watch. It's just challenging uh, i'm in the same boat i have my ipad in front of me and uh trying to pronounce some of these names in high school football is, is is not always the easiest thing and trying to keep stats at the same time is is always interesting luckily you don't have to do that what what, what are the stats i mean do you have like a, a a monitor in front of you that are constantly have stats rolling along how does that work right we'll have in, in most games and i've been very fortunate to have a statistician that will travel and home games and, and be with us and he's been phenomenal we have two or three and they literally this is what they do on their weekends they'll go to a college game on saturday and a pro game on sunday and then go back to atlanta where they live and 
work their jobs. I mean, they're just diehards. They love it so much. So you have that. And to, the, to my left, you'll have a spotter who's basically pointing out, I'll take the offense. He'll have the defense, meaning who made that tackle? Who made that interception? I'm following the ball. He's helping out uh, from, a, from a tackling standpoint or an interception standpoint. And then uh, all in front of me on an iPad is all of my information where I can make it bigger, make it smaller. It's got stats. It's got the NFL stats. And then to the right is another laptop where I have an, there's an NFL app called NFL GSIS. And that is pretty much real time stats, very close to it where you can go, here's what they're, where they are on third down. How long was that drive? Different things. So there's a lot visually. So that's what I have. When you walk into booth, it looks like I'm getting ready to launch the shuttle, right? <laughs> I've got iPads. You've got the big red button, right? I've got everything. It's got, you know, and there's like several of them. Oh, Deuce oh, walks in with two phones, throws them on the counter and goes, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all he so needs, he, right? That's all he needs. In fact, it's, he's just amazing because yeah. he's working college games now too. He's working oh, for the SEC on Saturday. He's doing college games on Saturday for the SEC Network. So he'll have two brand-new teams college-wise on Saturday and then the Saints and their opponent. He's amazing. And his just his attitude and his whole persona helps bring me down to yes. you know stop looking at 15 million things on an iPad and just you know call the, call the game. So he, he's been just in that alone. It's been so helpful. You find out that after you do this, and I, and I know that you did this in the past. Uh, I know it's been a while. but um, It's been a long time, yeah. yeah. But you have all this information that you bring into these games, and then when it's over, you look at your sheet and you used about 20% of it, <laughs> if that. If that. If that. That's what I'm saying. So I, was, I had it all backwards with notes, and I had all these great notes. One, you rarely get to them. Two, who cares about the notes if you get the guy's if if you right. get his name wrong? And really, the hardest part that I've determined, depending on the booth, is that you really see a lot of profile. When you're looking down at the field, you're seeing guys from their shoulder to shoulder. So picking out that number and really getting them out of the huddle is the most important because if they make a catch, sometimes they're horizontal to you, and it's really, right. really hard to pick out the numbers. And so that's you know and, and for it's your situation. It's easier when it's your, your guys because you know right. you, I, you, you don't need to see their number. You know who they are. You don't but. always, but though I, I got this past week when Tony Jones got hurt, I thought it was Alvin initially. When he first got the ball, I hadn't seen him go into the huddle. So it's, it's that kind of thing. Your situation, what I find would be difficult is that if I somehow mispronounce somebody on the Washington football team, uh, nobody cares. Right. You mispronounce a poor high school kid's name, and that's his one shot of being pronounced – yeah, Mama Lorette, you hear from, or uh, you hear from Mom and Dad on yeah, that one. <laughs> all, all the time. I, and and usually, uh, usually, if if you don't get it right the first time, sometimes you hear about it in the second quarter. You get a text or something like that. So yeah, it does happen. But uh, you know, M Mama, uh, let's see, Mama Gibson for the football team, or Mama McLaurin is probably not listening to my call. So you don't have to worry right. about that. Um, That's exactly right. Talk about your relationship with Jim Henderson, obviously for people that, that have grown up here and you've been in, in New Orleans since, you know, I mean, I don't want to show your age because I'm an old dude. You, I'm you've old. been here in New since Orleans. 1989. Since I was in college. 
So, um, but uh, just talk about, you know, your relationship with Jim working back at WWL in the day. And then obviously, um, you know, him being with the Saints and just how, how important that was to you. Well, I, I got a chance to see a very unique sports anchor back in the 80s when sports anchors like Jim Henderson didn't exist. And quite frankly, they don't exist now. So I was, I was a kid. I, got, I came to New Orleans probably 25. You know, I wasn't much out of college myself. And I was the weak guy. I was, you know, I want to, what I say is that really Chris Myers, his, yes. you know, ascent into the national network was the spot I filled. So when Chris left, that's the spot I took. So working with Jim was so interesting at first because he just went about it differently. He wasn't about loud and, you know, highlights and being all crazy. He was, he was a wordsmith and I'd never worked with anybody like that before, but he was so meticulous and such a, and there's the difference between being a good writer and being a witty writer. And Jim was good and witty. He made you think he made you, you know, I would, I would always, I had a sheet, a little folder that I put called Hendersonisms where he would use a word, usually in his commentaries, I would jot it down, go look it up, because that's what you had to do back then was go look it up. Right. Just and, and I don't I I rarely used them just because it would sound crazy coming out of my mouth. So and then we got to work the games was we Channel Four did the preseason games when I first got here. So I was on the sidelines, Jim and Archie were in the booth. We did the television actual games channel four we did our cameras our directors our production a whole station that's how different it was back in the day we did it so i really got an inside look at archie's job at jim's job and the meticulous way about the preparation from jim that starts on monday all the way through that he did cbs games and i saw it again and just watched the work and watched the evolution that if you don't start sunday evening or monday morning you're automatically behind. And he didn't have the internet. He didn't have, you know, the internet at all. When, he, when right. I first got there, didn't exist. Right. So you had to wait for the NFL facts, stats That's to right. come on Tuesday or Wednesday. So he didn't have a lot of the luxuries that we did, but it was just work and memorization. He talked to a lot of coaches and I watched it. I just kind of absorbed it. And I, now I'm, I'm living it. And I, I told him yesterday, I saw it for all those years, but still didn't grasp the enormity of the work. It's a lot. Do you have, do you find yourself, um, obviously, Zach had the job for, you know, what, four years? Three years, years, 2018, 2019, 2020. Three years, stepping in after Jim. But do you find yourself, is it hard not to try to, you know, walk in his shoes and try not to be Jim Henderson. And, and is it hard to be yourself? Because I know, obviously, when you do play-by-play, and I've one thing I've learned over the past eight years or so and from people that I really respect is you have to be, in the end, you have to be yourself. Have you found that hard to do, trying to, you know, and I know it's early. You've only done this for a few preseason games and for you now four regular season games, but are you finding that part hard? Of it, hard? No. Because here's why. If I wanted to, if I stole everything he wrote, I could never do play-by-play like Jim Anderson. I don't have the ability. I don't have that flow. I don't have, I don't have his syncopation. I don't have his control over the verbs and everything. 
I don't have any of that. He painted a picture so well with his words, using as few as possible because he would use great verbs to describe things. So I couldn't be Jim Henderson if I did this job for 30 years. Conversely, I also couldn't be Zach Smith, I mean, Zach Street, because Zach has forgotten more about the football game than I'll ever know. So we come at it from different viewpoints. I, I don't, he, I'm looking at the offense coming out and seeing who's got who's where he's thinking about what play has been called, right. <laughs> you know? Right. So I, I, so just because there's no possible way that I could be anything like Jim or be anything like Zach, it, I've been, it is what it is. You're going to get me. You're going to get some, you know, I'll make up words every once in a while. Just you get me. And it is what it is because I'm, I'm, I'm at the age, like I've got a second chance. This is, I'm playing with house money. No I'm doubt. Have a blast and, and have a good time. And if, if it works out, it works out. And I will do everything possible that it will, but I'm, I'm it. You, you, you're going to get me. Jim Derry here with Mike Hoss on the Datitude podcast. Mike, I think you've done a, a great job, especially for, for someone that's only done it for four regular season games. And, uh, what's it like working with do you talked a little bit about it, but you know, for me, and again, I'm using my own personal experience, but you know, I I'm a loud guy. I, I get excited when things happen. I, I love for the, what these kids do. Um, and I have a, a color analyst who knows the ins and outs. He was, he wasn't a player, but he knows the ins and outs like any, no one I've ever met. And he's the yin and my yang. Cause he's like this calm, you know, even level kind of guy. And, that's what Deuce is. So I, I, and obviously in a different way, a player who has all this experience, how much has Deuce helped you along? I can't even, it's immeasurable. He is so smart about the game and he has a way of explaining it that people can understand, but he also can get really technical. So the football people will uh, appreciate him as well. What I like, what I, I like so many things is that we don't, I've worked with different people where we kind of, okay, here's what I'm going to do in the first block, like on the pregame show. I'll ask you about this. We'll talk about this. We don't do any of that. We do the pregame show. He doesn't know what's coming. He knows what we're going to talk. I mean, he knows where it's the game, but I don't, we don't go through anything. We don't go through any part of the game. We just do it. Right. And so that's the part I like the most is that everything is kind of organic. He, he politely will correct me when I'm wrong and, but he did, he just, you know, he didn't do it in a He just, that's not that route. That's this route. And I'm like, you know, I have no idea. And so I'm just kind of rolling I along. stick away from but that I, stuff, Mike. I try <laughs> to, but I'll say slant and he'll say under and I'll say out and he'll say different out. But it's funny. I, I love it. But here's the best part about juice. And I hope he's, he's okay with me saying, with me saying it. He's still in the end. It's still a game. It's still, he's a player. There are times when we, we sit, when we're in the booth and a quarterback, state's quarterback will go back and he'll see something happen. He'll stand up and I'm going immediately. I know something's going to happen because he's, he's, he's jacked. Right. He's excited. He's like, like he sees a guy right. in the scene and he stands up and I'm just going, okay, here we go. And if, if the quarterback doesn't see him or it doesn't work, he's like, you know, but I love that because that to me is his passion. He just, he sees it. He can't wait. He wants it to be good. And he stands up and I know that, all right, here we go. But for the most part, like you say, he brings me down. My biggest 
if you, you know, issue is that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm up yeah. here. Right. It's week four. Dude, yeah. You're up here <laughs> right. on a third and five. Right. Like a 40. What are you right. going to do when something? So I, I'm, I constantly work constantly on just kind of. All you need back. to do is look at him. Right. And Jim Anderson said yesterday, he goes, you're a, you don't understand that on a third and five at the five, your adrenaline is already going to take you to a spot higher than you want to be. So you have to work even doubly hard in those situations to, to dial it back. When they score a touchdown, I'm a fan at heart. You're going to get a fan. You're not going to get, you know, touchdown saints. You're going to get some craziness sometimes. But for the most part, overall, it's about bringing it down. That, that leads – that's actually what I wanted to ask you. Know, I mean, now obviously it's easy for you because you're the play-by-play announcer for a team. So in some aspects you can be a fan. But how much uh, do you let that come in? Uh, you've been here for 30-plus for years. Uh, obviously you're a New Orleanian now and have been for a long time. Uh, it's in your soul. Um, so that means you're a Saints fan. And we try to be human and try to be someone – we try to be objective as we can when we need to be. But at the same time, um, do you have a hard time letting that – you know, keeping that fan out at times? Not really. I think there's – my barometer for this is the difference between a fan and a homer, where I'm, I'm, I consider myself a fan. We have season tickets or have had season tickets since, since 06. So the, I didn't get hired by the Saints. I'm not paid by the Saints. I'm not hired by the Saints. I'm hired by the radio station. So there, there is a certain level. And I do the Sean Payton show on Monday, Mickey Luna show on Tuesday, and three hours with Deuce on Friday. So you can't, you can't be this homer on Sunday and somehow think people are going to think you're objective the rest of the time. Right. But I'm, I, that's the difference to me that between a fan where I want good things to happen for the Saints. Yes, I do. And being a homer, where I think it's that you know two notches above, and every play that goes against the Saints is bad, and, and there's not enough good, and it's just homer, homer, homer. I, I try to live in the in the fan world, and I think I would hear, I'll hear you know social media, let you know instantly if they yes, think they how they think and what they think. So it's uh, and it's it's an evolution. And I'm quite sure that by, you know, Sunday, December 19th at Tampa Bay, it'll be a much different sounding situation. But I'll still go crazy when Taysom Hill breaks six tackles and scores a touchdown. I don't know, I don't, that's hard. I just couldn't believe it. I was just so stunned. It was just amazing. So you'll still hear. You'll still get that. Do you, um, you know, as long as you've been in the business and when you started, obviously there was no social media. Um, and as social media has come along, you probably haven't had to deal with much, but, uh, you know, people who type things into phones don't always think that there's a person on the other side that they're talking about or criticizing or the way they criticize, because I've seen it. And obviously not to the extent that you probably have, has it been tough on you personally, when you see something that, that, that almost personal in tone? Not really. I've been around social media since there's been social media. It was required at WWL TV. It was part of our lives, Facebook, Twitter. And so then cross communications is 
and of itself a video production social media company. That's what I do, creates digital stories for social media. So social, my wife is a social media manager. So social media has been a part of our lives. I'll, I'll be honest, and early on and since, the, since I've had this job, I almost, I won't say 100%, I look at all of the negatives. And generally, the negatives that people have said thus far have been spot on. I listen to them. I go back and, and look at them or I write back to them. Sometimes they're just being spirited. Yeah. But most of the time, they're coming. They might not say it as nicely as possible, but I go, wow, I wonder if that's true. And, I, and, and most of the time, I'll go back and listen, and, and it's right. So I, I learn. I, I, I learn from it. It's, it's, I've, got, I've been doing it so long now. It's yeah. a, I've got a pretty thick skin, but yet it's yeah. still personal. You have you have it's to have still, a thick skin in this business. Oh, if you don't, yeah, you'd, you'd go you'd go nuts. So, but there's also people have been very enormously supportive. I'm very lucky. Let's be honest. I'm lucky. So I get that. And so people have been enormously supportive. I'm lucky to have this job. And so and I do listen to the negative. And if it's if it can help me be better, more power to it. All right, you and I have something else in common. You know you. You, were in, you started as a sports anchor, you were in sports, and you moved to news for a long time with a news director at, at WWL-TV for, for quite a while, um, and then jumped back to sports. You know, obviously, Lee, Lee Zurich did the same thing, he, except he hasn't come back to sports and with his career. He's never going to come back to sports. I don't sports. think Lee's coming back to sports. <laughs> but, um, I, I, think the die is, I think the die is cast there. I, I think so. When you win Peabody Awards, you probably don't have to uh, think about that anymore, but when you were in news, did you feel as much a fish out of water as, as, as I did and couldn't wait to get back to sports? Or is it something that, you know, that you just used to help them improve your career, go, you know, move on in your career? It was, it's a little bit of, I would I never really felt like a fish out of water. When I first started in television out of college, I was in news. I was a news reporter for, for two different stations just because it was very hard to get a sports job two people in every station, but there's 10 news reporters. So I, I started in news. That's my background. And when I left the sports desk was the weekend sports anchor for 12 years and behind Jim Henderson, staring at another 12. Right. <laughs> right? So I was like, this job's going and I didn't want to leave new Orleans, but I'm like, oh, what am I right. doing here? Right. So I made the decision from, I, I had young kids at the time. I was traveling all over the place. I wanted to be home. So I made the decision to go to news. And so they made me the weekend news anchor. So once the one Sunday, one Saturday, I was sitting over here. And the next Sunday, I just moved to seat over. I was still working weekends, but I was the weekend news anchor. But what happened was, and it took me a few years, as you know, the first thing you lose when you become a sports anchor is your ability to be a fan. You go to games dressed in suits, 100%. you write down numbers. You're not a fan. You're right. not even allowed to cheer. You want the team to win because it makes your life easier, right. but you're not a fan. You're, you, you have to leave that at the door. So when I went to news in 2001, after the Saints lost, in 2000, after the Saints lost to Minnesota in the playoffs and went back to news, a few years later, again, in 06 after Katrina, we got season tickets. And that 06 run to about 2017 when I started working sidelines for the Saints was the greatest time ever. I was, I, I was able to be a fan again. I'd forgotten how awesome it was. Right. We just had a blast. Now, I was a crazy-ass fan. 
I mean, my wife would be like, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I was embarrassing, but I was, maybe because I had all that pent up, you know, fan waiting to get out. But I, I missed being a fan. So news helped me progress. And it also allowed me to get back to being a fan in sports. And I still did sports. People, even when I was the news, I did all, it was a big Saints playoff game. I went to the Super Bowl. I did, if it was anything big, LSU or Tulane or Saints, you know, I would cover it. So I was, I was always on the periphery of sports. I absolutely uh, can feel you on that one because that is absolutely true. Uh, when I went back to sports and then uh, I tell you, probably the toughest time in my career was standing uh, in the tunnel during the, the no-call moment. Um, and with my arms crossed, standing next to Sean Fazan, wanting to hit something. So I just folded my arms and crossed them and squeezed my arms as tight as I could and didn't say a single word. That's tough. I was, I wasn't far from you. I was on the other end. I'm on the other end of the saints bench on the Poydras street side. That's where we did. That's where our home base was for when I was sideline reporter for the, for the Superdome. And I just, it I didn't want to leave. I kept saying, I was like, you know, the movie was a trading place. It's like, turn those machines back on. Exactly. Turn those machines back. It's not over. Turn exactly. those machines back on. I didn't know what I was like. I was like, I'm not leaving. No, I'm not. No, no, no. I refuse. It was well, just, ugh. Yeah, I couldn't be a fan for that one. So, but I tell you, I think my wife would have been uh, happy if I wasn't a fan when, uh, when the Minnesota uh, the, the Minnesota miracle happened. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's what Zach said. You know, Zach, says, I was at home for that. I've taken, I've taken all the hard ones. I was, we, I, was, I was at home watching it with friends, watching it on TV. So Zach had that. These are, these are Zach's playoff games. If I'm right. He had the Minnesota miracle. Yep. And he had the, the no call. And then yep. the Minnesota pushed off by Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> right. Jones. Those are like the three hardest, worst calls to have to make. Ever, so he goes. Uh, he always tells me, he goes, "Look, dude, I've taken the hard ones. I've, you know, exactly. No matter what happens, I've I've taken. You know, I took the blows. You'll you'll have some some better opportunities. So I hope he's right. All right, I have to ask you before I get to your and ask you a couple of questions about just this team and what you think. But the Saints are playing Tampa Bay at home on Halloween. Are you going to break out the moose costume? And and wear the no. moose costume. I'm I'm com- completely kidding. no moose costume. I told him I, I, I Bobby A Bear bet me that I would. It's like if the Saint like a buddy D dress thing. Like if the Saints make the Super Bowl, I said I'd wear the moose costume. So All right. Other than okay. that, it's just too hot. Yeah, it's hot. I was completely hot. kidding, but but yeah. We, so hopefully we all see that when the Saints go to the Super right. Bowl, my costume. I, I, I got no problem with that. It's right around Mardi Gras anyway. Um, let's talk about this team real quick and. Um, Obviously, the up and down start, I'd, I'd even go as far as to say a frustrating one. Um, how do they change things? And obviously, they have to change things in a hurry. I don't know that you have to change things too much. They, they dominated. They should be three and one. And that's where this team should be. Where they, they played great against Green Bay, played horrific against Carolina, played good against New England, and played good against the Giants. You just can't drive seven times into their territory and not have a lot of points, especially the first three drives when you could have put them down at and three, they chuck it. If you score 100%. 10 points, 14 points on those, those two drives, they're, they're done. Conversely, you gave them confidence. 
And then at the end of the game, when they scored, and you had opportunities to answer their score, you didn't. If you take the time of possession of the overtime out, the Saints had the ball for a full quarter, 15 minutes more than the Giants. And ran the ball well, just couldn't stop them from running wildly in the secondary, couldn't tackle, and didn't hold on to a lead when they, when they, when they could have. So really the Sean Payton formula was, was played out to a T through the first three quarters. Right. Except I don't recall them being that proficient on the other, on the other side of the 50 without coming away with more. Now their red zone is unbelievable. 11 of 12 in the red zone tops in the NFL, but you got to get to the 20 there. I, and I don't know this. I wondered, I think probably to myself, did the Aldrick Rosas situation play into any play call selection in that for those first three drives? I don't know. have no idea. But those first three drives, to me, changed the landscape of that football game. But, but I think it's a decent football team. I think Jameis Winston is doing kind of exactly what the Saints asked him to do. Drive the car, be careful, throw it short. 64% completion rate, like that up a little bit. And now I think they've seen this guy can not throw it deep every once in a while. He has the ability to make that a bigger part of this offense. So I expect that to be something we'll see more as opposed to once a game, you know, over four games. They've been awesome at that. So I think defensively, Washington scares me because they're so much like the Giants. Yes. Taylor Heineke is so much like Daniel Jones. He runs it all over the place, slings it. He can run, you know, throw running. He can do a lot. Doesn't get they don't get sacked because he's running around all over the place. The, so the that's, that worries me a little bit. Yeah, the difference is maybe you'll have uh, you know you put Lattimore. You know you're going to put him on McLaurin, and I'm not as scared of the other Washington receivers as maybe, you know, the Giants. I wasn't, were you, guys. I wasn't worried. The John Giants Ross lost. Is, is, is an underrated, right. to me, an underrated guy because he's so fast. And uh, They'd lost Shepard and they'd lost yeah, Darius Slayton prior true. to the game, so they were without. So it's just, it, if you don't put pressure, the Saints not sacked Daniel Jones. They had six quarterback hits, so six pressures. But they didn't really, even in my world, I never really felt like Daniel Jones was pressured. And so Heineke's the same kind of guy. You got to pressure him, get him out of his comfort level because he'll move around. He'll avoid the rush and he can throw on the run as good as anybody. He's certainly tough to sack. Uh, and talking about yeah. sacks, you know, Washington comes into this game surprisingly, um, you know, they were expected. We always think of Washington with Chase Young and, such an outstanding defensive front and how good they were last year. Well, they come in, they're fourth, tied for fourth to last in sacks, which is seven on the season. You got to figure that Ron Rivera is just going over that and going over that and talking about that all week long. Um, with the Saints offensive line injury issues, does that worry you as well that, you know, this, this rush is going to come alive at some point in the near future? Well, Washington does it mostly bring in four. They'll bring their front four and sometimes bring a linebacker or sometimes walk a safety down. So they try to do it a lot with their front four, more of a bend, don't break. I don't know. They, they, if they do, you run that risk 
of Jameis being mobile enough as well and, and finding a receiver. They've not done a ton of it. They've not done a ton of, of blitzing on the outside with a corner or a safety or bringing a linebacker. They just haven't. And they're, they've lost John Bostic, one of their best linebackers. So they're kind of a bend-don't-break defense. They've been in every game. They've, their two losses were to Buffalo and the Chargers, right. two quality losses in the, in the Charger game. Antonio Gibson fumbles inside the five, or, or Washington wins that game. So they've, they're, they're a better team than their record would be, just like the Giants were better as well. So I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll bring a lot of pressure with Jameis. I think we said, what did we say after the Carolina game? Everybody's going to just blitz the heck out of, you know, until you figure out a way to stop it. And New England didn't really do that. As long as the Saints can keep running the ball like they are on first down, not even throwing the ball first, just running the ball on first down, offensively, they're in so much better shape. So much better. Offensively, you know, Jameis has taken a lot of criticism, including from me in the very beginning. And even after the first game, even though he had five touchdown passes, I didn't think he was, you know, some of the passes he made, I guess, concerned me, I would say. But I think after that Carolina game, I think he is, and I know it's only been two games, but I think he's steadily improved. He looked like a different quarterback to me against the Giants, even in a loss. I, I think I talked about this with Doug Mouton on, on Tuesday and with Jeff Duncan Monday. It seems to me that there's a feeling out process between Jameis Winston and Sean Payton, and maybe um, we're getting to a point now where Sean is feeling a little bit more comfortable with Jameis, and I got to think the reins are going to be let loose, and I think we're going to like what we see. Well, that's, that's been certainly the theme of the week. Every week has a theme. Carolina week afterwards was who's making the coverage calls? Who's, what's going on? The whole week was spent saying the same thing. And this week's been all about giving Jameis the keys to the car. We've, we've seen enough now, and maybe that's true. I, I, I don't know. I, I think he's got a receiving core that's caught three touchdowns. Galloway has a touchdown. Harris has a touchdown. Hogan has a touchdown. And then Jawan Johnson, Johnson, of course, you know, <laughs> guy's got six catches, yeah. three or more touchdowns. Yes. Perhaps we find a way to get him the ball a little more. Right. It seems mathematically that's what I do. Right. So I, I do, I agree with you. I think we've seen enough now to let this offense open up a little bit. And because worse, what I think that Jameis did in the Green Bay game and that first two drives were when he ran the ball and picked up first downs and picked up 15 yards. And all of a sudden the Green Bay linebackers were like, oh, wait a minute, we're playing a Saints team and we have to make this decision. We've never had to make this decision. And so his ability to just be elusive can can change this game. But I, I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to see them go deep like they did with Kenny Stills and like they did with Deontay Harris and Callaway. Let's, let's see more of that and let's see it earlier and maybe loosen, loosen up the, the, the DBs and the linebackers a little bit, make them think about it. Here's your dumb question of the day, but how much better is this team when Michael Thomas comes back, when the defense Marcus Davenport, when Eric McCoy went to Ron Armstead, you look at all the serious injuries that this team has had. Will Lutz obviously might be the most important of them all. Um, they're all coming back in the near future. Um, just talk about how much better this team is when those guys come back. You know, Quan Alexander to me is Quan a Alexander, huge right. Such a phenomenal athlete. That linebacking core, if you've got Quan and Demario Davis, I don't really care who the third guy is, that's how good they are. 
from an athletic standpoint. But yeah, they're going to be better. Mike Thomas, I, I hope he comes back with a huge chip on his shoulder. I hope he comes back angry. I remember when uh, the Alabama running back with with got Mark, traded to Baltimore? Mark Ingram. Mark Mark Ingram. How Mark Ingram would be after the, the game yes. if he fumbled once or twice in the yes. game. The next, he would run so angrily. I'm like, man, good God, Mark. You know, <laughs> and I, and I, I want to see that out of Mike. I want to see him just be hacked off. I don't know. If they could be so much demeanor, better. Again, Mike, I don't know. If I know. I, I don't. I hope that's what I see because I think they'll be a much better offense. I think when they get Eric McCoy back, I think they're going to be a better offense. We, we take things like Eric McCoy. He had been so consistent, had missed a snap. And the offensive line, they're kind of useless. We've seen Armstead get hurt. We see Pete get hurt. We've seen that we've seen them all move around different positions. But I think getting Eric McCoy back, they're so strong at defensive end. You know, when you get a Peyton Turner back, Anyamata, and when, Anyamata. when they got when they got Anyamata back, you know, he'll be a little longer. Yeah, they're going to be a way better team. You just that's why these these games right now, you don't want to with an at Washington off at Seattle. Three and three, four and two. You don't want to be two and four facing 11, 11 more games. These these next two games are very – that's why that giant loss is going to – I think we'll look back in December and pound the desk. I hope I'm wrong. No, I think you're 100%. This team's, right. this team's always been great on the road and do what it has to do. And, and they can go up to Washington, get a win, get that open week, and get ready. They even have an extra – day because the Seattle game's on Monday night and we'll learn, you know, Seattle plays, is that tonight? What's today? Today, Thursday? Today's That's Thursday. Tonight. Yeah. So we get to watch, we get to watch Seattle tonight. We're recording so this on Thursday. Yeah. We're, we're recording this on Thursday. Right. It will be on, on the Friday show, but yes, uh, that is tonight. Um, all right. We're so the finish, next two are important. We're going to finish the show with, uh, as I do, well, as I started doing this week, but it, three big questions of Mike Haas. This is Jim Derry on the Datitude Podcast with Mike Haas, the voice of the New Orleans Saints. And your three big questions, two of them are tough. One of them is super simple, I think. Um, so we'll do the two tough questions first. You already kind of touched on it. Is Sunday's game against Washington a must win? No. Not to get to two and three with an open week. This, this team's done too many things well. The back end of the schedule is a little more home dominated they have back to back they go like two home two away two home two away two home two away so i think they'll it's not it's not a must win you, you can recover from two and three okay um is this team is this new orleans saints team a playoff team yes i think so i think they have the talent it's just the hardest part is forgetting what what we've seen for the last 15 years. Yes. All those numbers, all those comebacks, all those touchdowns, all those yards mean nothing. Nothing. You the the, the last time the Saints threw for 40 yards, who cares? That was Drew Brees. So this team has to come up with its own identity with Jameis and a running game and new receivers. So, but yeah, I I think it, the NFC South is better than probably people expected. Carolina and, and Tampa and then the Saints. I don't, I don't know. I can't figure out Atlanta. I've given up on trying to figure Sorry, out Atlanta. You and me both. But but they'll but they'll Atlanta will beat two teams this year that they should that'll be a touchdown plus underdogs and they'll beat them. They're just a, 
they're just a, a weird team. So, but yes, the answer to the question is I do believe it's a playoff team, whether that's 10 and seven, nine and eight, it's hard to say what, what, what makes it in, but I do believe it's a playoff team. I think it'll be tough to win the division. No, it's really not that different of a team. I mean, I know you talk about Jameis and Drew and you say, how can it not be that different? But Drew the last two years wasn't the same Drew that we knew. It, it's really not that much different a team than we've seen the last three years. Right, run the offense. Yeah. Look at Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater came in for those five games, won them all. He didn't do anything spectacular. They sat him down and said, run the I offense. Agree. That, I agree. That's it. Just do it. Be smart. He did it. Won all five games. Got a big contract. Got, he's got another contract since. And I, I, I think Jameis is going to find a way to, uh, to become the quarterback that at least Sean Payton needs him to be. Last question before we let you go of the three big questions. It's going to be pretty easy when I throw this one name in there. What, what do you, Michael Jackson, and myself have in common? We were all born on August 29th. That is correct, and that it, how great of a how great of a birthday is August? I mean, I mean. it is. You know, I, I I find people. You meet people. It's like a, there's a small little fraternity of us eight twenty ers <laughs> and as soon as you say it, you give your your birthday or your driver's license. They go, oh, it used exactly. to be Katrina. Now it's like, oh, I like I don't even know. We have a post. I've I've looked into having it officially changed because it's the worst. We had I think there was another one. I think Isaac was an eight. Isaac was we've on eight twenty. We've had like five or we've six. Had, we've had more. But Isaac was on right? eight twenty nine as well. Oh, the worst. And yeah, this one you can see coming, and I was like, oh god, another eight twenty nine. I made a joke in Michael a column. Jackson. That's good. I made a, a joke in a column a few weeks ago. I was petitioning the state to change my birthday to November 29th, but I haven't heard yet. Uh, does. And then someone on Facebook told me I couldn't do it because that was their birthday and they didn't want some kind of like winter storm or something coming our way. So I guess right. well, we need to start. Them. We need to start. We need to start like a, a Facebook group, the <laughs> 829ers, <laughs> just for people to get just a place for us to go next 829, some bar somewhere where we can just sit and hope that we're not watching the weather channel. Yeah, my wife. Right. Tries, and it just, it just, my, my wife tries to plan a birthday party for me and. uh this one literally got changed. Uh, I, I ended up having my birthday dinner. I think it was on September the 16th or something along those lines. So it is what yeah, we is. gave up on that years ago. Yeah, we, we, forget it. Yeah. Forget it's it. Do it in it. July. Uh, right. Mike, I appreciate you taking so much time here on the Datitude podcast. Um, we wish you nothing but success. We're loving what you're doing so far. And, uh, just enjoy it. Keep enjoying uh, being the voice of New Orleans Saints, and hopefully you're doing this for a decade or two going forward. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. Best of luck to you and your your your, your games moving forward. And yeah, let's hope for the best. But winning cures all evils and so all ills. So keep winning this, this football team, and we'll be fine. Mike Haas, the voice of the New Orleans Saints, on the Datitude Podcast. Great uh, segment there with, with Mike, and um, he says it's not a must-win. And, and he may be right. I mean, Lord knows I've been wrong before. So, um, you know, I, again, I just think that you go two and three and you lose two straight to teams from the NFC least, you're in big trouble. They'd have to make a serious run. Uh, remember, it's a 17-game season now. I think it's going to take... It's going to take a minimum of 10 wins 
to get to the playoffs, a minimum. You got to worst at worst you got to go ten and seven. So I'm no mathematician, but I can figure out that eight and four is what you need at the minimum to get to the playoffs. And I really think this year, I think it's going to take eleven wins to get to the playoffs. So if that's the case, then you got to go nine and three the rest of the way. And if you look at the Saints' schedule going forward, and they come out of the bye, and at Seattle doesn't look as daunting as it did before, especially if Russell Wilson, we saw that that dislocated finger of his last night, that's probably not a two-week injury, I'm guessing. We saw what happened with Drew Brees' thumb uh, a couple years ago against the Rams. I don't think it was as bad as that. It looked to me as if Russell Wilson probably could have came back in the game if he had to last week. But Geno Wilson, uh, Geno Wilson, Geno Smith did a did a nice job uh, in relief, and really led that team on the ninety eight yard drive. So, you're talking about a Seattle team that's also going to have its back against the wall when the Saints come out of this bye. So, I think it's imperative that they go three and two, and you go three and two, then you can go eight and four down the stretch and still make the playoffs. You go eight and you go three and two. You can make a run at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the division. Because if you beat them twice, you look at what they are now. If you go three and two and you beat them twice, you're ahead of them. Okay? You just got to be, if you, if you beat them twice, you got to go even with them the rest of the way, not counting the games you play against one another. So, the Saints' schedule is tougher than, it is, than Tampa Bay's schedule. So I think that's going to play a role, um, and we'll see down the stretch. Let's get to the 5 will get you 10 segment, but I really it, it's more like 5 will get you 20. Five, 5 picks will get you 10 minutes is what 5 will get you 10 means. But anyone who's listened to the, the, all episodes of this podcast know that Conductor Dave and I go longer than 10 minutes but because it's fun. If it wasn't fun... I'd give it the five, get your five segment, or we wouldn't even run it. But we got a new little intro to Dave, to Conductor Dave's segment we want to play for you. As we go in, here it is, Conductor Dave, D-squared, Dave Choo Choo de Corbier on the podcast. All aboard! All aboard the Taysom train. Conductor Dave is on the Taysom train. Conductor Dave is on the Taysom train. He's also on the Data 2 podcast. You should have warned me. I was trying to take a drink before you played that. Warn somebody. <laughs> That's the point, isn't it? I mean, I can't warn you. Conductor Dave, how you doing there, buddy? Oh, uh, uh, man, choo-choo. I'm doing great, man. Taysom looked amazing. Taysom is just a gift to man. What can I say, man? He's a gift to fatheads all over the world. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> well, let's, let's get right into the segment because we've got a long show today. We had on... Mike cost a little while ago, so you got a tough act to follow there. Oh, jeez. All right. The, the voice, right? Okay. I can do it. We can do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. All right, let's get right into the pick segment. 
the uh, the five will get you ten, uh, but more like the five will get you fifteen or twenty. We have no idea here at the Datitude Podcast. Um, last week, let's go over the record. Last week, some, some certain podcast host was four and two, which makes him eight and four on the season. Some other choo-choo train conductor was three and three and makes him six and six on the season. Hey, five hundred's awesome. I'm no mathematician, but I think that makes me ahead for two straight weeks. I couldn't even say it ever before, and now with two straight weeks, I'm ahead. Hey, look, it's a long season. Don't 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 get all cocky now. It's a long season. Oh, I get cocky whenever I can get cocky because it doesn't happen very often. All right, we're gonna get jump right into it, and we're gonna start off with Denver is getting one traveling to Pittsburgh. That's a tough one. It is uh, is Teddy B playing, or are we gonna get a Drew Lock signing? I mean, that's that's the real question, man. You know, that is a, that is a good question. The last I saw, that it was questionable at the moment. Um, he is in concussion protocol. He remains in pro- concussion protocol as we record this, but there is a chance he will play. Um, you know, if 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 Drew Lock plays, I'm gonna. Broncos. Uh, so you know what? I'm just going to go with the Broncos anyway because Roethlisberger. You know, he's. I don't know, man. You know, it's 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 that same thing. Like I, he, he's old. He's getting up there. He the uh, the movement skills of a tree right now. So I'm going to go with Denver, man. I wrote uh, in my picks column this week that uh, Big Ben couldn't outrun a dump truck with a broken axle. So um, <laughs> I think that's where we're at right now. Uh, I cannot believe in Pittsburgh. I did coming into the season. I thought that they would be much better this year. Um, doesn't look like it. And it's a shame because uh, I really think that they're the class of that division. And when I but say class, know, but, but, I mean best team overall. But they're not playing po- like it. Point, point of order. order, Jim Derry. Uh, look, Mike Tomlin, he's had a losing season since been head yeah. coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So... Uh, look, and, and Pittsburgh always plays really good when when they're in the doghouse or you know just you know when they're written off by the rest of the NFL. Uh, but you know, I, but it's early in the season, uh, so I don't know if they've officially been written off. But yeah, I, you know, it's, Pittsburgh is weird like that, man. They'll start slow, they'll just suddenly just creep back into it, and, and next thing they're, they're running away with the division. It's just it's crazy. Well, yeah, Mike Tom- Denver, sorry. <laughs> Mike, uh, well, it's okay. Mike Tomlin's actually the reason why I love Pittsburgh so much. I think he's an outstanding coach, and I expected yeah. more things from them. But I guess when you got a quarterback that who refused to retire and they couldn't go out, Pittsburgh couldn't go out and get themselves a quarterback because they already have old man Ben. They're stuck with what they have, and that uh, they can't get Najee Harris going because opponents are, you know, keying on him and. You know, so it so it is what it is. Uh, moving on, the New York Football Giants, who defeated our beloved New Orleans Saints last week, are getting. Last week they got eight in the dome. This week they're getting seven in Jerry World. Wow. Uh, all right. So, huh. all right. Dak Prescott broke his ankle when he beat the Giants last time. Uh, so there's a revenge factor. Uh, <laughs> the Giants, though. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what to think. I mean, you know, they, they they kicked the Saints' ass, but I think we kicked our own ass. So this is a tough one. But I think Dallas is going to probably mop the floor with the Giants. He would have Giants are getting seven. Yeah. Uh, look, 
I'm st- I'm going with Dallas, even though I I hate to do that. Uh, I think the Giants come back down to earth because they're not playing the Saints, and so uh, the Dallas Dak wants some revenge. I, Dallas, even with the seven points. That's two weeks in a row you took Dallas. Now, are you okay? I, shut up! Stop! Stop! It. All right. Like, I'm just looking at the numbers occasionally and the beautiful uniforms. By the way, Neon Green, Neon Green Seahawks. Oh, God. Neon Green. Oh, my God, Neon Green. This is the NFL. I mean, it's the greatest uniform ever. It's the greatest uniform ever. And a solid yellow. You know what what NFL stands for? NFL stands for for not. No, it stands for not for lime. (laughs) Oh, put up, Jeff. He's here all week, folks. Try the so, veal, tip your waitress. So they should not be wearing lime green. It's awful. Stop wearing that. I'm going to take the uh, the Giants. I think that uh, they are a, clearly a better team than, than 0-3. They lost by a hair against the Washington football team. Actually, they were one offsides penalty away from being 2-2. Two and two. Um, I know the Saints defense was awful in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought Jameis played his best game last week. We'll get to that in a minute. And I know you disagree, and I don't care. Um, but uh, I think the Giants are, are better than one and three. And uh, I'm not saying they win the game outright. It wouldn't surprise me if they won the game outright. But I'm going to take the Giants. I think they cover here. Dallas is due for a letdown. They've been too good. Um, they need to come back down to earth a little bit. Buffalo. And the big one this week. The Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen. Two and a half points they are getting. At Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes. We don't know if the Chiefs have been overrated or not been overrated. It's still early in the season. We're just ending the first quarter of the NFL season. So we're we're starting to get an idea of what we know and what we don't know. But I think the Chiefs are just a complete mixed bag. What say you, Buffalo, plus two and a half? Uh, this is tough. I mean, it's so hard to count out Kansas City. I mean, it's just that they're such a good team. You still got Kelsey and Mahomes and everybody else. I mean, it's, it's a, that's that's but I think Buffalo, uh, they're, uh, I guess it's like week two, man. Dak wants his revenge against the Giants, and I think that the Bills want their revenge against KC for knocking them out last year. So uh, I'm going to go with Buffalo. I think Buffalo beats them uh, even uh, outright, man. Win by seven. I'm, I'm saying Buffalo wins by seven. You say Buffalo wins by seven. Okay, well, yes, and you're sir. getting a nine-and-a-half-point gift here then. Um, I am. I completely disagree, which is not unusual on this show. I think uh, Kansas City has something to prove here. Um, uh, to me, this is this is the game. It's not only a big game for Kansas City because it's against Buffalo, who eventually could be the AFC championship opponent like it was last year. But I think this team is trying to show that we are much better than everybody thinks we are, and we've been kind of a diddly-poo early on in the season. I think Mahomes comes out with fire. I think the Chiefs come out with fire. I think the Chiefs smoke them. I think they win by, like, at least a touchdown. But, hey, I've been wrong before. We'll find out. Next game, your favorite team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is hosting Miami, and they, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are given Jacoby Brissett and the Miami Dolphins 10 points. Oh, my gosh. Uh, man, oh, God. Uh, th- this was tough. Uh, 
take what secondary is banged up to all heck and gone, but still, I mean, Miami doesn't have much of an offense to even be worried about a, a banged up secondary for Tampa. Uh, but I was checking out. I've heard that that Miami might be in those throwback unis, so I'm sorely tempted. But uh, as much as this physically pains me, I'm taking Tampa. I don't care about the 10 points. They're just going to crush Miami. Miami just, even with 10 points, I, I, you can pay me to touch Miami. So no, I'm taking Tampa. Um, I think the, the throwbacks, don't they look exactly like the ones they wear now? I mean, they really haven't changed oh, almost right, in like 60 right. years. <laughs> they really haven't. So, okay, the, somebody has to tell me. Those are throwbacks. Oh, they got an extra ring around the sleeve. Uh, That's why an extra ring. Put up, shut up. Ask Dan Marino. Ask Dan Marino. They never got a ring. The number font is a little bit more square. Okay, if you say so, they're they're wearing that throwbacks. Good for Miami. Um, I'm going to take the Dolphins here. I think that the Bucks. You talk about the Bucks secondary, 100. Um, Miami doesn't run the ball anyway, so who cares about Tampa Bay's great run defense? They are number one in the league against the run. Nobody runs against Tampa. Well, Miami doesn't run it anyway, so who cares? Uh, uh, they're going to throw the ball, and Jacoby Brissett has actually been way better than I expected so far. Um, it's not that Miami has an, an outstanding receiving core, but, hell, I think uh, LSU could probably throw on Tampa Bay right now, and uh, they better fix that oh. if they want to win another Tampa If they want to win another Super Bowl, they better better fix that. So I'm going to take In Tampa Miami. Bay. Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, Miami pulls the upset, but um, I'm gonna yeah, Tampa Bay, Tom, Tampa Brady. Uh, yeah, ten points is a lot. It is a lot, so I'm gonna take the the road team, San Francisco, and what I think is uh, somebody's gonna make a statement one way or the other. We talked about it with Buffalo and Kansas City. I think it works here as well. San Francisco getting five and a half at the red hot Kyler Murray led Arizona Cardinals. Uh, wait, all right, so who's playing quarterback for these guys? Jimmy G was messed up. I think he got uh, came back I think to practice Trey Lance. yesterday. Yeah, Trey Lance. Is, yeah. If it's Trey Lance, uh, then I, I got to go with the cards. Uh, you know, I mean, not like Jimmy G is just lighting up the league or whatever, but, I mean, Trey Lance, you know, I, yeah, unproven commodity, et cetera, et cetera. I got to go with Arizona. They're, they're El Fuego, at, and I can't see the 49ers – you know, if they got a new signal caller under center, it's going to be an issue. So, yeah, I'm taking the cards. Plus, I like red. I, I was waiting for that, and that's the reason why they both wear red, gotcha. though. Yeah, but it's red didn't know. old, and it's nasty. Look, you and I talked about this a while ago. Look, and the, the, uh, the, the Saints used to have the freaking 49ers and the Rams in our division. You know, we always hit the ass Falcons. Uh, I, I can't like the 49ers, you know, even though it's the Rams, but... Yeah, no. That that red and gold. So you like red, but you don't like red and gold. Red yes, works it's all, just fine with white. Um, um, unless because I'm a Brooke Martin grad and I got that crimson and gold. That, But that's different. It's not red and gold. It's crimson and gold of Brother Martin. Um, okay. I, I, I don't understand your color palette or color scheme, but uh, hey, I'm not... Uh, I'm not an interior <laughs> decorator, so I guess I don't have to. Um, I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers here. They are in uh, kind of like Dallas before. Arizona's in a let, big letdown spot here. And San Francisco has their absolute backs up against the wall. Uh, they are looking at this game. 
if if they don't win this game, they're in a similar position to me as the Saints. They are in even probably a tougher division than the Saints are. They cannot afford to go to two and three. Um, losing two games at home, they're going on the road. I don't care if it's Trey Lance. Um, in fact, they don't have a kicker either. They don't have a kicker. Well, Robbie Gould. Robbie Gould. They just signed Joey stretching. Sly, and they just signed Joey Sly in the Family Stone, buddy. Yeah, whatever. But I don't, how does a kicker pull his groin stretching? That's kickers. Come on. Get Are we kicker. sure he pulled it kicking? No, we pulled it stretching while getting ready at practice. You know, well, that's good. what they said. Can we just get rid of kicking? We get rid of kicking in the no, NFL, man. just period. No. Yeah. Then we would have never had Morton Anderson. Uh, well, all right. Well, retroactively, you know, but no, it's such a waste of time. All right. You next. never know who the next Morton Anderson is. Uh, anyway, Frisco it is. Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker. Exactly. We wouldn't have had a 66-yard field goal this year. That was probably the most exciting play of the, the freaking season. All right, so that's it for our 10 will get you uh, 5 will get you 10 segment. We do have a lanyard bonus pick, as we always do. Um, I know that you were a little bit in mourning on Sunday evening and Monday. I think uh, you got over it fairly quickly for you, probably. Well, but- yeah. I mean, Taysom Hill won the game. It's the defense who lost it. Taysom Hill Clearly one game for the Saints, and they threw it away. Man, that was a great pass he made. It was a beautiful, beautiful. It was like it was did, on a string did, to the defender. <laughs> did, did you see Jameis throw the long touchdown pass? They come, they come in, they come I, in and run was, the same play. They come in and run the same play, and Taysom throws it to the other team. So if you're comparing throwing motions there, I, th- I think I got to go with Jameis on that one. No, look, look, that. My other, my only critique of Amos, Amos, is that um, why do you throw a jump ball to the shortest receiver on the roster? Why do you throw a jump ball to Deontay Harris? I, I, like, like, stop that. Don't do that. Yeah, do it to Callaway. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, he's got the hops. But, yeah, no, Taysom won the game. It's unfortunate that they couldn't seal the deal, Taysom. Coach Payton. Look, they, look, Coach Payton was just clock meant style of the game. They were trying to run, run down the clock, grind down the clock with run plays because then people got uh, all over their Twitterverse like, oh, well, after chasing through that interception, Coach Keaton didn't want to pass anymore. It's like, no, the game plan coming into the game what was run the ball, run the ball. Kamara got 26 touches, never even sniffed a pass play, which is the first time in his career he never caught a pass in a game. Uh Look, that Coach Payton screwed a whole bunch of that stuff up, too. So, Taysom won the game. Coach Payton lost the force. I love the defense. But, Washington, uh, I, I take the Saints. I don't even know why we do this. I'm picking the Saints. But I, don't yeah, know. I, I didn't even tell you what the spread is. Yet. Doing. I, I, I don't even care. I'm that confident. I'm that confident that the Saints will win. <laughs> All right. Well, I hate when we're on the side with, with the Saints because that usually means disaster. But, uh, it, we're going to be on the same side always if I think they're going to win because you always pick them to win. They could be 80-point favorites somewhere, and you would yes. still lay the 80 points. So, I I, I mean, this is really kind of a waste of the time. I was saying it's kind of like cashing in with Carville. Carville always picks the Saints and LSU. So, if you want to gain ground on them, you just pick against the Saints and LSU. However, I'm not picking against the Saints here. I've said it all week long. I, I believe this, um, and I'm not sure if this is the – the want the Saints to win. You know, I don't usually let it come out too too, too much. But right, right. This is a must win. I don't, we had Mike Haas on earlier. He said it's not a must win. It is 100% a must win. 
a must win. If they don't win this game, you can say, you can make your plans for January to go off to grandma's house in Vermont or go have your little trip in Gatlinburg without TVs because the Saints ain't playing after this final regular season game if they don't win this game. There's no playoffs if they don't win this game. I promise you. And I think Sean Payton knows that. Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in the NFL with his backs up against the wall. So we got, I've got three teams. I picked three teams this week with their backs up against the wall. And for that sole purpose, picking all three, I believe in all three teams because they're that good and they have that good of coaches uh, to me. And you look at it, Andy Reid in Kansas City. Um, I'm not, you know what? I'm not picking San Francisco because they're coaching staff. I mean, I like Shanahan, but <laughs> I just think that the players themselves, I think they're too good of a team uh, to lose. But I like the Saints as well. Big bounce back week. You got to see Kamara run the ball because now Tony Jones is hurt. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. So, um, and eventually we'll get and company back. And, uh, like, well, we cut Ro- Rosas or whatever the hell his name was, the guy who kept missing. So, yeah, were you upset know, about that? No, not at all. Not at all. I didn't think he lost us the game. And Coach Payton, take someone the yeah, game but now for the Saints. Now we have double doink as our kicker. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, my God. I, you know, when somebody brought that up, I was like, oh, my God, that is him. Yeah. Uh, Hey, look, you know what? It, it was a playoff game. This isn't a playoff game. So he'd be under, you know, massive, uh, you know, stress to, to, you know, make a, make a field goal. So, well, the last couple of games, last, last seems like we've had a lot of close games here and there with the, with the football team who used formerly known as the Redskins. I, I, you know what? I just realized that I, I can't call them the Redskins, but I can, can I call them the team formerly known as the Redskins? I don't think so. I think, I think no. that word is put in. In the lockbox, you can't use it. You can't use it anymore. I can't. It's been from the everyday vernacular, all sports journalists. What if I call? What I call them the former R skins? Can you call them that? Uh, it's toe in the line, but sure. It's just, it's just like you know, drop f bomb, but only saying, "Oh, what the," <laughs> you know. F. I mean. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay, I guess I guess that's about right. Yeah, I can say that. I just can't get over this whole thing. I mean, we still call the, whether it's right or wrong, if you're going to change. I, I'm one of those, if you're going to change them, change all of them or don't change any of them. I mean, yeah, I mean, why can't they just pick a name? All the, all the animals that are yeah, pick a name world, too. Yeah, and exactly. Washington, and it, you're just watching the football team. Yeah. Pick the choo-choo like, trains. Exactly. Oh my the God, Washington great, choo-choo you know? trains. The Washington choo-choos. Yes. But I, 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 I <laughs> I mean, choo choo. I mean, just pick something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yes. All right. Well, look, tell all the, the good folks what's going on with uh, the Week in Geek. Oh, man. So uh, I, I don't have any guests this weekend. Uh, I've been catching up on movie trailers and everything. There's a whole bunch of out. Uh, uh, have you have you seen the Squid Game yet on Netflix? It's no, my, crazy... my my ten year old uh, daughter brought this to my attention. She says, "I think I want to watch this." And I said, "I think you'll have nightmares for about two weeks." She won't, but it it's a little bit too adult because there's graphic death and and there's a it's it's a great show. Uh, I'm actually got to watch the uh, the finale too, so I can talk about it on today's show. So, but there's a whole stuff like that going on. 
The Weekend Geek, Sunday nights at 7 p.m. on WR News Talk 99.5. Uh, you can get get the uh, podcast at iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever podcasts are freely given away. You can find The Weekend because I'd, I'd feel bad if I charge for this slot. So uh, follow us on Twitter at Twig, Instagram's The Weekend Geek, and on Facebook, The Weekend Geek. There you go. The Weekend Geek by Conductor Dave. And Dr. Dave DeCormier, we appreciate you joining the Datitude Podcast. It is always fun, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. Up next week. I'll talk to you next week. Always fun with Dave the Conductor. Dave the Conductor DeCormier. He's on with us every Friday, and he has an interesting way to make picks, doesn't he? On the 5, we'll get you 10. Should be 5, we'll get you 20. And we need to cut that segment down. This podcast is getting too long. Um, I want to quickly get to the Let's Get Personal segment uh, of the show. Uh, for those of you who know me, you know this already. But those of you who don't know me, I'm going to tell you anyway. And um, some of you may hit the end podcast broadcast when I start talking about this. Um... You know, I had COVID. Like I came down with COVID back in February. February the 4th, as a matter of fact. So we're talking about a little over eight months now. And since then, I have... Uh, the first two months, I had no smell or taste. And then I went into what was called the parosmia segment of this beautiful, wonderful virus, whatever you want to call it, part of life thing, um, where I have an altered sense of smell or taste. So for the last six months, actually until about three weeks ago, I have had either, I either don't smell or taste something, which is mostly, most of the time, I didn't smell or taste anything. And what I did smell or taste smelled awful. Um, it was like, uh, I don't know, I call it the COVID smell. It's not good. Let's put it that way. Um, in the last three weeks or so, I've I've seen some, certainly some improvements. Uh, I can't smell a lot of things. I do get whiffs of things here and there. Most, most things now are still the altered smell, and it's a different altered smell. This thing, like, mutates, and it's, like, you think you're getting better, and, but this time I really, knock on wood, knock on wood, I, I really think I'm getting better this time, because uh, it's been for a longer period of time. Uh, it's been about three weeks now where I've seen steady improvement with my smell and my taste. Almost everything tastes like something. Almost nothing tastes like it's supposed to taste, but almost everything tastes like something. So I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, honestly. This has just been brutal. My wife has a similar thing, uh, although her taste is almost all the way back now. She got it two days after I did, um, but she can't smell hardly anything. Um, she gets whiffs of things here and there, but for the most part. But I think hers is coming back a little bit quicker than mine. The point is, I'm getting it leading into, um, I know a lot of you Saints and LSU fans are getting vaccinated because, and a lot of you, I don't care why, but a lot of you are getting vaccinated solely because you want to go to the games. Well, that's great. Um, the mayor of New Orleans, whether you like her, don't like her, whatever your opinion is, doesn't matter, and neither does mine, so I'm not going to share it. But she came out yesterday and said that there's a good chance that Carnival will happen this year. I'm a huge Mardi Gras guy. I always have been. I'm in the crew of Endymion. 
And um, so it looks like Carnival will happen in some shape or form, but you're going to have to be vaccinated, most likely, to be on a float. So that leads me to whatever the reason is, go get vaccinated. Uh, one of my best friends on the planet died about six weeks ago, came down with COVID. He was a guy who didn't think he needed the vaccine. He didn't think COVID was all that big of a deal. He didn't really wear a mask, unless he absolutely had to. He was going to play poker or something, and they made him wear a mask. And he came down with COVID, and he ended up in the hospital, and now his wife and beautiful daughter don't have him around anymore. And his friends miss him and love him to death. And he's not with us. Go get vaccinated. I don't care what your political beliefs are. Um, it has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with, I don't want to hear that you don't know what's in the vaccine. Um, we don't know what's in any vaccine that we take. We don't really, unless you're like a chemist, you don't know what's in cough medicine. You don't know what's in ibuprofen. You don't know what's in that beverage that you're drinking. Honestly, you don't. But people that do know what they're talking about say it's safe to take. And not only is it safe to take, it can save your life. And if you do get this horrible virus, you're not going to die. And that is my soapbox and message for the day. And um, I hope even if you disagree with me, you can uh, still respect the opinion. Because, frankly, I think it needed to be said. As, even if, as we're coming down the mountain. That is going to wrap up the show for today. Um, again, I want to remind you that you know the videos on bet.nola.com, they're outstanding. You should go watch them. Odds and Ends on Monday with Zach, Devin, and myself. Uh, we wrap up the weekend, kind of go through. I think you can learn a lot. from if you're, if you're getting into this gambling thing and you're seeing all these sports books and you're enjoying this, I think you can learn a lot by what happens in the past. You have to look at trends. We talk about those things on the Odds and Ends show on Mondays. There's the Fantasy Roundup with Zach and Spencer, the guru, Urquhart. Uh, take a look at that on Tuesdays. And then At the Book is a great show feature, featuring Cashing In with Carville. James Carville, Zach, Devin Jackson, and myself, we all talk about what we like this weekend. And hopefully my big bucks picks are going to be picking up soon. Also, if you want to be part of the show, email me at jderry at theadvocate.com or on Twitter. Find me at Jim Derry Jr. Hit that subscribe button for Datitude. You can go back and see any of the first six. See, you can hear them. You can't see them except for our beautiful little logo made by Dan Swenson. You can um, subscribe and go listen to any of the old podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find them. That is going to do it for episode number seven. Again, we thank the wonderful Mike Hoss, voice of the New Orleans Saints, and the conductor, Dave DeCorbier, for coming on this show. Also, my wonderful brother-in-law, Phil Anselmo, and my sister-in-law, Kate Richardson, for our lead-in and outro music in his band, Down. We thank them. We will see you on Monday. We will have Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Tigers. We had the voice of the Saints today. we got the voice of the Tigers coming up on Monday, along with our own Luke Johnson, who we will review the Saints game at Landover, Maryland against the Washington football team. Enjoy the big football weekend. Saints, LSU, let's have a better weekend this weekend than we had last week with the home teams. 
and enjoy this warm weather if you like 90 in October. Peace and love, my friends. We will see you on Monday.